With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. This is the Middleman Show, and I'm Alan. And this is Kevin. This is Nick. And this is Jim. Hot, 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 hot. Yes, it's good weather, good, good, hot, hot weather. Slave weather. I don't know slave weather. Really, that's how you feel. Use that comment, man. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, slave weather? Yeah. You look at them old... Pictures of our answers, man. Dark as hell. What is there something wrong with that? Are you hating on dark skinned people? Here we go. But Al, I'm you're not hating on dark skinned like, people. What are you talking about? Hey, I'm not that dark. Yeah, you are, man. Compared yeah, to are. West, it's nice, man. I'm not dark. We can trace your roots, out. <laughs> we can trace our roots. Yeah. After blood run real thin in your circle, I'm just saying. <laughs> Speaking of slaves, uh, wrong with blacks? I know black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. Yeah, but I heard it was hot as hell in Mississippi the other week, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, man. Speaking of slaves, man, I'm gonna jump right into it today. Why, if you live in Georgia or the vicinity of Georgia, or you just been watching the national news? I don't even know if it made national news yet. Why is this dumb governor of Georgia? Let's make a deal, Nathan Deal trying to put ex-cons and people that are on probation out in the field in South Georgia. I guess it's <laughs> like mine. Slaves. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. He probably thinks, y'all gonna get them on the field one way or another. But it, but it's all up under the pretense that, you know, it's for them to work off their um, restitutions for, for their probations because a lot of people get out of jail and they can't find a job and then they owe these big debts and you know, they find themselves back in jail because they, they can't pay their probation. And it's supposed to help with that. But I don't see how when, the, you know, they can legally pay them anything they want. And I think I, I heard somewhere where they're going to be paid like five cents a day or five oh, no, cents no, no, an no, hour. No, 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 no. It's $16 an hour. No, I think it was five cents an hour. It, it, no, it, no, it's, 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 it's modern-day sharecropping. It's $16 an hour. They can't call them slaves. Yeah, they can't call them slaves. They can't call them slaves, but it's modern-day sharecropping. <laughs> Indentured servitude. No, but you know that's not the only um, issue of, of slavery going on in the U.S. Over the last couple of weeks, um, just a couple of weeks ago, 
New Jersey. Did you guys hear about the uh, African couple that was bringing in a young girls from Africa and had them working in their hair shop? Oh. Yeah, they were living, like, it was a big yeah. special. It was on CNN, it was on the headline news, a couple other spaces. But uh, basically, the girls had been there for like five years. And they were just, they were living in these substandard, you know, this one room pretty much. And they brought them over from Africa and they were just like, well, you're going to, you know, be here. They sold them all these dreams of coming to America and next right. thing you know, they're working in a hair shop in New Jersey, in Newark, New Jersey. Right. Why? Right. But my thing is this. Is it an, is it, do y'all think it's an attempt to put black people back on the field? Back in the field? Well, these were Africans. The people that brought they them over were Africans. They black? I'm just saying there's just a lot of yeah. slavery going on right now. What, what is, what is, what's going on? I'm telling you right well, now, I work for these white folks right now. Right now. And I feel like it's made. I couldn't see going on the field. I wouldn't make it. But think about it like this, Kev. Servitude is still, it's still big business. Just like human trafficking, yeah. but still big business. Mm-hmm. No, this is just, in, in, in relation to the jail system, this is just their way of dealing with it. This, just their, this is just their way of getting in on it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? 100% yeah, prophecy where it's been. And they feel like they can do it. Well, the only thing I can say about that is, man, I'm not doing this. I ain't even trying to see nobody else do it. And they acting like it's okay to put people out there on the field, have them out there sweating like dogs, working in this type of heat. Even though, yeah, they paying them $16 an hour, they can come better than that, man. And then on top of that, when they had the whole little situation, they did an experiment with the... Uh, you know, like the, the cons and the ones that was on probation, they had like 15 of them and they had 15 Latinos. Tell me why the Americans, which y'all know with the convicts and the people on probation, please tell me why these jokers sit up here and only pick one truck full of cucumbers. But the Mexicans pick six in an hour. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. What's really wow. going on? I think the U.S. Wow. was like, damn, we went to the wrong country back in the year. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and the Americans no. ain't going to do it because they were taking that. The people that were the convicts and the uh, the probationers, why they taking cigarette breaks every 15 minutes, standing up under the shade, sitting behind the truck, taking a water break, take five-minute breaks every second to take a phone call? That's why they couldn't right. pick the stuff. Man, the Mexicans was out there just head down getting it. Because they knew that they weren't going to be the ones that had to hands down get out there and get it. If I do one truck in one day and they pull out 10 trucks an hour, then I'm going to take a break because the work going to get done regardless. That's how they look at it. Oh, man, you wrong. <laughs> you'll, be the, you, uh, you'll be the one in the, on the field going, Master, Master, he ain't working hard enough. You look at I ain't nice like boss. I'm not going to knock off your ass. Well, what else going on, y'all? Jen, what you been seeing in the news, or Nick, or Ad, what y'all been seeing going on outside of these slavery stories? I I I've seen that um, the presidential race is already heating up. This, this is going to be very, very, very interesting to watch. I think. Yeah, they already. Uh, you know what? This is something I realized too. I'm, I don't think in the history they've attacked the office of the president in the manner which they're doing now. 
And it seems like it's not even the fact that they are attacking the office of the president more so than they're attacking the person that's in the office. And I think that's what they're doing mostly more so than anything. Right. My thing is, they're not even attacking the issues. This is also funny to me. Uh, once again, they're still playing those same old politics that didn't work for them before. They have yet always issues. Yeah. And you know why they won't attack the issues? Because the issues were the issues that were in the office when the White House was Republican. So it's like now we can't attack the issues, even though we want to attack the issues, you know, because it's our problem to begin with. We did it, and everyone knows we did it. So, of course, they're just going to attack his character. They're going to attack his nationality. They're going to attack his, his religion. They're going to do everything but get down to the nitty-gritty of yeah. what this entire race is about. They want to make it a popularity contest, and it's not going to work. I well, don't think kinda, it's going to work. You know, you know it kind of what we're talking about today, man. Had, you know? He originally ran, possibly, but I also believe at the end of the day that America is not stupid. But you know, it kind of leads to what we're talking about today, man. All these programs they want to cut. And some of them should they just really cut, and some of them should they not right. cut. We're talking about welfare. Hey, I'll let everybody know what we're talking about. They're just tuning in to the talk show. Uh, today, people, we're talking about the welfare system program. Is it helping us or is it hurting us? Now, you know, this is a big view type. There we go. You know, you know, as far as uh, the topic of today, some people feel like the welfare system is, is hurting us. Then you have those that feel like the welfare system helps a lot of people. Now, before 1977, you know, after the Great Depression, you know, the welfare system program was created. But for the end, people had to pay in order to receive food stamps. They were color-coded. You know, you can receive, uh, you know, to pay a certain percentage, you get a yellow sheet, pay a certain percentage, you get a blue one. And uh, based on the, the colors that you get, you get a certain percentage of food, and you know, in some, uh, you can get all the food free for the color. Uh, well, based on the color. Now, after 1977, you know, the legislation decided to make it where food stamps were available for everybody based on certain guidelines and criteria. Now, people of low income, no income, and even college students are eligible to apply and receive food stamps. Now. When you think of welfare system, some people feel that it's a temporary aid for those who are low income, no income, etc. However, there are some families out there who have been on welfare from generation after generation. So, to that lead, is welfare helping us or is it hurting us? Why do some people take advantage of the welfare system for personal gain, such as having more children to receive more benefits? selling leftover food stamps for money, you know, and other things of that nature. How is the welfare system affecting the thought process of our children having children in order to receive these benefits? And that question is based off, you got a child that grew up with a family that's always received welfare, and they feel like, well, my mama did okay. I'm going to have me some children, and we're going to remain on welfare too. So that's where that question is derived from. Also, should the welfare system be reconstructed with a program that aids those to find a job to help them get off of welfare. Also, should states follow the model that Florida is now currently using, which they are drug testing uh, applicants who are trying to get welfare. 
and also, you know, there's other, you know, criteria in the program as well too that we, in which we'll discuss today as well. So, uh, if you have any questions, any concerns, any thoughts, make sure you dial seven one eight five zero eight nine nine seven two. If you're in the chat board, you can put your comments up there, and we'll definitely get to them and uh, read them aloud. It takes something interesting, but uh, we're going to get into it today. Hope we have a great discussion with everybody. I want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, to the show in the chat. Uh, Black Man Thirty Seven. Uh, Elevate as well Appreciate you for uh, tuning in to the check And all our callers who are listening on the phone Appreciate you as well Alright, if this is your first time listening to the Middleman Talk Show uh, This show right here is very interactive We want to make sure you guys do comment Hey, if you got anything you want to say like Al said Please call in uh, Right now we're going to go to a little break right here Once we get out of this break right here We're going to go directly into the conversation um, if at that time you want to comment on anything Al just said, please press number one. Um, like Al said, the number is 718-508-9972. The first song that we're going to play today, don't hang up. As soon as we get out of this break right here, this is a song. As soon as we get out of this, we're coming right back to the conversation. Uh, the first song is synonymous with welfare, food stamps, and everything else in between. If y'all don't know who this is right here, y'all ain't in my age group probably. But it's the first of the month. Bone thugs and army. Here we go.
game and I'm getting on the seven now. I ain't gotta find them good. Wanna get what I get a thug in love. What's up? Come and thug on my corner, baby be a donor. Think that thugs don't like that. And selling them guns, making that money, come back. All of it is still crack. For the first to the fifteen, for the one to the cheap. But I gotta say, gotta come up. Put it all in the cup. Wanna get close to the corner stove. Grab it up below. Set a road to the bag. Count on my promise and add it to the stash. Gotta watch my back, these players be out to rob me, fools, but never know something, no law is gone, but keeping these brothers up off me, see, got us over a whole block, spin a couple of fields, uh, put our bell out here on the first. That was Bone Thugs and Harmony, first of the month, like Kevin said, you and I used to, yeah, I know that song, man. Our late, great Bone Thugs and Harmony. Hey, oh, yeah, I keep... <laughs> y'all stupid. Hey, tell me why Black Man 37 said that's a welfare carol. <laughs> <laughs> welfare carol. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's going, going on, Allie? <laughs> it was just time to tune in to the uh, Middleman Show. Today we are talking about the welfare system. If it, is it helping us or is it hurting us? Now, of course, before the 1977 uh, year, welfare, in order for you to get stamps of any type of assistance, you had to pay a certain percentage of money to receive these stamps. They were color code. Now, after 1977, you know, the legislation decided to make it free based on certain guidelines and criteria. Now, people are low, people are low income, low income, and even possible are eligible to receive food stamps. So, for this. So you have some families who have been on welfare generation and generation after generation. So the question is today, is welfare helping us or is it hurting us? Some of the other questions in which we're gonna to touch on today throughout the show, why do some people take advantage of the system for personal gain? Such as having more children to receive more benefits. You know, selling leftover food stamps for real money and other things of that nature. And how is the welfare system affecting the thought process of children having children in order to receive benefits? Should the welfare system be reconstructed with a program that aids those in finding jobs to help them get off of welfare? And should all states follow the new model that Florida is, has uh, enacted now, such as drug screening applicants, in order for them to receive welfare? So we're going to get into all those particular questions of the day, but pretty much the basis of this topic today is welfare helping us or is it hurting us? Now, this is a mixed type opinionated topic today. Some people feel like the welfare system is hurting us because of the money that we're putting in. Some people feel like the welfare system is helping us because you have some people who can't get a job, they have children, they need to eat. You know, what better way to help our country is by giving back, you know? So, before we get into it today, if you have any questions, comments, you want to uh, call in, dial 718 If you're on the chat board, we'll definitely get to your comments there. So we're going to go ahead and get into the discussion at hand. The big question, how do you all feel? Is welfare helping us or is it hurting us? I think it's designed to help. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's good by design and great in theory. I think that more often than not, the system is abused. Um, and the reason I say that is I can think of a friend of mine uh, from high school who 
you know, coming out of school, you know, he never had any problems with money, ever, you know. Graduated college early, had a great job, you know, but he, like a lot of people, was hit hard by this recession. You know, his company had to downsize. He lost his job. He was having trouble keeping up. He had a family to feed. And so they went on to, you know, they were on food stamps. It was, I think he was only on food stamps maybe a year and a half, but in that year and a half, you know, he worked four or five jobs to bust his ass to get where he needed to get again. And then when he finally got another job that was at the level of the one that he lost, you know, he came immediately off the system. He didn't try to cook the books or anything or see how long he could keep getting it. And that's what it's there for. It's there to help you in the hard times. But I think just too often people abuse the system, and that's why it gets such a bad rap. I, if, if I may, I disagree. I, I think that the idea of welfare, which has been around for centuries, I think the idea of welfare is to help people. But America, if we're, if we're talking about the United States, its current system, I think, is really set up for people to fail. Not until 1964 did they ever even start to document, you know, poverty right. levels and welfare levels right. in the United States. And and right. what surprised me, even researching, you know, about welfare um, in America, there's not a lot of facts out there. It's kind of just like mm-hmm. we, we give all this money. To, the, to right. the system and put it out there, and we shoot it out there, but we really don't have any documentation. I think that a lot of people that that are on welfare truly need help, and it's ludicrous it to to sit here and think that you can just give people money and they're supposed to do all of this stuff on their own. If they could do it on their own, they wouldn't be on welfare. That yeah, that's that not we have true, a system. Yeah, that's it not is. true. We have a some system. people genuinely fall on hard times. Yeah, some people it's do. Happened but to, there it's happened thousands. to so many people. People genuinely fall on hard times. Yeah, but I'm just no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are thousands of people that have fell on hard times. There are a lot of people that don't know how to get themselves out of situations. That don't know how to get themselves out of the hole to to get off welfare. They don't know how because they're they're in a dire situation. Maybe they're in a situation where they've been in poverty for generations, or or maybe it's another situation where it's temporary. But the system where it's set up now is they give you a check and they send you on your way and expect you to do all these things. And that's ludicrous because they need education. They need money management. They need so many other things. And the system is broken and it's set up to be a failure. As long as as long as they have a population of poor people, there will always be a population of rich people. It's the system is set up to keep people poor. I got some stats on that since so you just said something about, you know, the poor people. Now, um, well, of course, if you if you want to know what poor is, um, if you're not making six figures, you're still poor, you know, based on the area in which you're living in. Because, you know, different areas, uh, the average uh, if household, your family income, household income, the total household income. Right. Now, as far as... Um, now, as far as back in uh, 2008, as far as the census goes, the average, in, you know, household income, as far as as they call it, poor of a family of four, is uh, is between twenty twenty six and twenty eight thousand dollars. Now, among those living, as far as in, in 2007, uh, 5.8 percent of all uh, of all people in married families lived in poverty, and also as far as if you want to break it down by race, uh, 5.4 were white, 8.3 were black, 14.9 are uh, Hispanic or any other nationality. 
uh, among those that are single parents, uh, 30% is white, 40% black, 30% Hispanic. Now, uh, if you look at all other races compared to us, you know, you have Asians, uh, 11.8%, uh, 8.6% European American. Um, and the Indians, Indians and like Native Americans, they were like 24.2, you know, as far as declared being living in a low income or poverty level in 2008. Now, those numbers are pretty much, um, you know, kind of close together. But mm-hmm. you see that, of course, the majority of ones who are living in poverty is, is what? African-Americans, you know, black, Hispanic, minorities, people of that nature. One now, thing I, uh, go ahead. One thing I was going to say also, I have one of the people, because we're trying to misconception, one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to uh, welfare is that, all black people on welfare. That's one of the biggest right. misconceptions that we have. And right. to go along with the stats that you're talking about, and this is from the AFDC right here, uh, 38.8% of white Americans on assistance, welfare. Uh, 37.2% of blacks, uh, 17.8% of Hispanics, 2.8% of Adrian, Asians, and others are 3.4%. Now, if you think about it, the two majority are 37.2% of black, 38.8% of white. Um, and not trying to make it a racial thing, but like you were saying, a majority of us are in poverty. And we only make up 12 to 13% of this country. That 37% ain't large as what it should, what it, what it really seems numerically, because there are more European Americans in this country. Okay. Think about it. I got to think about this too now. Are the census really getting the accurate numbers? Because you know, as we discussed before, um, you know the the uh, percentage of African Americans and blacks living in the United States have always been between twelve to fifteen percent. You know that that number stayed the same. So we don't know if these numbers are one hundred percent accurate or not. And then also, if you look at now, you know we have more. You know, minorities getting college degrees and getting jobs and getting better jobs to, you know, prevent themselves from getting into a system where they would have to apply for welfare and have to get that. Now, as far as the question, in my opinion, if I feel like the welfare system is helping or hurting us, as far as the ones who are manipulating the system and not trying to get out of the welfare system, yeah, it's helping them. I mean, it's hurting them, excuse me. Because you have children who are modeling this same behavior, and you know, like I said earlier, you know, they're they're thinking that well, my mother's receiving fifteen hundred dollars a month because I got four brothers and sisters, so I'm gonna get fifteen hundred dollars a month too if I can have as many kids as my mom did. And I, I agree with that. You know, mm-hmm. going to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the system doesn't have currently like TANF, which is um, the the current mm-hmm. welfare system that we have in in America now. It's it's supposed to be five years that you're supposed to be on TANF, but when those five years are up, you can just reapply and they fill your paperwork yep. back out, and then here you go back in the system. There's no checks and balance. And I think the American people, what we need to start doing is is demanding a check and a balance. You know, if I I don't mind giving tax dollars to a welfare system because there's people out there that generally need help. But it must be a check and a balance. What are we doing with this money? Are we setting these people on a path to better themselves or are we setting them on a path just to keep getting the assistance and, and not rising above it? 
or not. And I, and I I agree to an extent, but I think the biggest thing to realize is yes, it needs to be a check and balance. I absolutely agree that there has to be checks and balances when it comes to it. But that also calls into the fact there has to be a lot of checks and balances in other things. Like let's not just look at the official assistance. Let's look at some of this unofficial assistance, like people who sit there and they claim two or three kids that aren't their own. On their oh, taxes. they don't do that anymore. I know people. They do have a, a better checks and balance. As of last year, like my, one of my best friends and her boyfriend claimed her son and was rejected because they were, I mean, they had to go through this awful process with the IRS contacted them. I mean, they, they are trying to correct that system. I know someone I, who I, has I to get, pay I back the money. I get that but I know somebody that just got 2000 off a child and they don't have any kids just a couple of months ago. Stop grasping. What I'm saying is there has to be a checks and balances to everything. And if we're going to hold... Yeah. One, if we're gonna hold one level of it accountable, we have to hold another one. I think but, a but lot that's, of times that's like people give who? people that are on government assistance, they give them a bad based on people that abuse the system. Like, quite and I honestly, said it's true, yes, but like do. what you're saying about the 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 I guess the income tax. Now, whether that that money went to parent A or or friend B or whomever, somebody got the money. This is money that comes out of our paychecks designated to people to to do something to to better their lives and to help them live now whether you know whether your friend or or the real mother or whomever somebody's going to get the money it it doesn't matter who somebody will get the money no they're not to say that person to say that person owns a student loan and because they they owe student loans or they're in default or something that's why they wouldn't get the money so it still has to be it's still cheating a system at all i'm saying is we're going to have a checks and balances it needs to be on everything it needs to be just as fair. We a lot of times we scrutinize those that are on government assistance, but we don't scrutinize the people that are cheating the system anyway. Because at the end of the day, we all end up paying. We all end up paying. But no, but that, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think those are two different things. I think there are two different things. When you're on welfare. You, we want them to better their lives. You can't say that somebody on welfare is not working to better their lives. Go ahead, Al. Now, as far as that, as far as the money part of it. Now, this is what I found off, you know, off the internet, you know, on um, the uh, New York Times Post. Now, the program, the food stamp program in 2010 was projected to spend more than $60 billion. $60 billion. Now, that's, I mean, that. Sixty billion dollars. I mean, that's 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 enough money to feed twenty five countries or more. You know, in a year of a family of five, maybe ten. Now, as far as what's you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, people manipulating the system, having more children to get more money. Is that right? I don't think so. It's, it's not, not right at all. But it's not right for because, the people because who legitimately need it to suffer. I, I'm and not saying I don't want it to be misconstrued. Now hold on, hold on. I, I don't care. Go ahead. I don't want it to be misconstrued that I don't. Be, I believe in welfare. I think welfare is necessary. I just don't believe yeah. in the current system the way it's set up. I think that if you're going to give assistance to people, give assistance. Have, assign them a real counselor that shows them how to.
to better themselves financially. That shows them, you know, to get off, you know, some people are, are on drugs or, you know, how to do this for a job or how to do that or, you know, education. Our system is broken and it's disgusting and it's not set up for people to better themselves. It's set up for people to just lay in it and to be poor for the rest of their lives. I know people that's been on welfare all their lives. I know people that's been in the projects for the last 50 years. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's and I they, agree that they, at the same they time, you also have to realize that they do have, they have classes, career-building classes that are set up. They have classes for people to go in and learn how to do certain things. The problem is, and this is where the system is flawed, they don't enforce it. It needs to be a mandate. If you are there, then you need to go att- attend these classes. If you're receiving this amount of money, and that's where I agree with you. But it's not, it's just there. Classes are there. Counselors are there. A lot of people just avoid them. They choose not to go because those are the people who are abusing the system. Wow. And, and if I may say this, y'all, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of the ones I speak speak on what I know. Um, I've encountered that actually in my lifetime my mom did receive public assistance uh, at one point in her life when we had a little down period. I remember that when I was a kid. You know, it was one of those periods. You know how when you're a kid you're ashamed to go to the store with stamps? I know if you ever been through that, you know what I'm talking about. You didn't want to show everybody that you had or nothing like that. But I know for a fact that it did help us through those times right there. And if it wasn't for that assistance, you know, uh, you know, we probably would have had a much of a harder time. But I have mm-hmm. also seen people abuse it where they would constantly, like I was saying, constantly stay on it just because it, it's there and they can. I ain't got to work. I can receive this other check, and I can just show my kids. The kids do it, and they kids do it, and it's a it's a generational thing. And just like the question we asked, does it help or hurt? In my opinion, it does hurt because at one time in our history, as black people, we grew our own food. We did all these different things ourselves, and I know that's not this time right now, but it shows it shows like people how to be dependent on an entity that they shouldn't be dependent on. And it luckily, you know what I'm saying, and, and my mom was foresightful enough to think, I don't need to be on this. And, you know, she wanted better. She wanted more. She pushed to not even be on that for long, a long period of time. But you got some people who don't want to get off of it. You know, they they don't well, want yeah. to, you know, to improve themselves. Now, you know, some people may not have, you know, the functioning level, may not have the education, may not have you know, adequate transportation, you know, to get back to work from work, uh, may not have that um, that personal uh, support group around them or family members that they could call to help them or friends to help them to, you know, I mean, there, there are certain situations. There are certain situations. But there are a lot of situations. I, I, can, I, I can agree with you, but I can also look at it like this. I, I, and I've been down, like, I went with my fat brother about two years ago. To the uh, to the to the food stamp office in Cobb County, area in Georgia. I have never seen so many Gucci shoes, Blackberries, <laughs> Louis bags, and rims in one place in my life. Yeah, and I'm hey. dead. I'm dead serious. No exaggeration. I've never seen that much designer wear in one place in my entire life. Now. You can say, I couldn't get a ride to work this, I couldn't get a ride to work that, but you can make it to $2 Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest. You can get you a little A to B car 
you can work up, you can work up a couple of paychecks and get you a little A to B car to get you back to work. Hell, if you live in an area that has a bus system or a trolley or a train, you can make you can get. I always say I say this all the time, and this is in all walks of life. People do what they want to do. If you really want to do something, you're gonna do it. You're gonna find a way to make it happen. But you know what, though, Nick? Unfortunately, people take that mentality when it comes to government assistance. Yeah, Nick, but see, this is the biggest thing about it. Like like you just said, that mentality, man. They know it's an easy way to get money. You got... Remember, they had the... Some years ago, they had this lady. They used to call her the welfare queen. She was living, like, in, in a, a, a couple hundred thousand dollar houses. Uh, had all type of cars in front of the house. Going on lavish trips. And receiving public assistance. Like Jen was saying, that do need to be a level of check and balance to this whole system because it ain't working. It ain't working. I, I know housewives. With with the internet being implemented, you can apply for welfare now over the internet. And I know a lot of housewives that, you know, go they apply they don't have to go into the office now. So people don't see that part of that. They just apply over the internet and they receive food stamps and, and welfare and they're housewives. Where they, and that's they don't the problem work. with this. That is the problem with that. I can definitely agree with you. That's the problem with the system and the fact that the people who are assigning this money to them, they're not checking up on these people. I mean, let's be honest. It it would take little more than one visit to figure out whether a person is abusing this or not. It would take little more. It would take very little more than one visit. Now, if I pull it to the house and there's four cars in there. All of them sitting on doves. I come in the house. It's Wii's, PlayStation 3's. Everybody's all Gucci'd out. Everybody's all this and all that. But you're crying, bro. I've seen that thing. Hey, hey, but we got a caller. We got a caller right here. Caller at these places. They're like, I just come in here. I get my check and I go home. I'm not thinking about these folks. Yeah, we got a caller, Nick. Caller 601-307. You're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Hello, everybody. Hey, what's up, man? Nothing much. I'm so happy that y'all are talking about this, and I hope that a lot of people listen, and the ones that aren't listening, people can go and tell them what they heard, because um, this is a huge issue, and, I mean, you can't, I don't think you can answer it one way or the other. Does it help or hurt? It does both. Um, But I can speak for me personally. Have I ever been, you know, have been on the receiving side of state funds? Absolutely. Um. But it was in times where I actually needed it. When I was pregnant, I um, I didn't have a job. And then I got a minimum wage job. So, you know, with no benefits. So I was on Medicaid. And thank God I was because my baby ended up being in the NICU for two months. Um, but as soon as I got my job, as soon as my benefits kicked in, I went to the Medicaid office and I tried to explain to them that my son no longer needed Medicaid. And it took three different workers to understand what I wanted to do. I mean, I don't know if, you know, that's not something that generally happens. But, you know, I talked to the person at the front desk and then she said, well, hold on. I need to let you talk to somebody else. And then they sent me to the back and I had to write what I wanted in a detailed letter and sign it and wow. date it. And, you know, he he wanted to ensure that I wasn't making a mistake. And, you know, I just had to ask him, Do you, I mean, do you understand that I don't need this? I mean, thank you for the time and thank you for putting the bill when you did. But I, I want to shoulder this on my own. And, I mean, I don't know if it was because I was an African-American lady sitting across from this Caucasian man 
or, you know, what exactly was the problem. But, I mean, he just really did not understand why I wanted to give up this benefit. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, even thinking back, um, when I was in high school, that was probably the first time I'd ever even heard of child support. My mom raised three kids on her own with no help from my father. And because she set that culture, she set that tone for me. You know, people ask me all the time, does your son's father pay child support? Absolutely not. Well, did you file child support? Absolutely not. Why would I file child support? I mean, if he wants to step up and, you know, pay Right. Or the things that I pay for on a daily basis, then that's all fine and good. But, I mean, I'm not going to use the state to go through that. That's absurd to me. You know what I mean? I'm maintaining I on my own. I don't need his money. Now, if he wants to contribute, that's fine. But why would I go through the state? Why would I go through the state? You know, and then the other thing is, if I did file for child support, then that would open up the doors. I would be able to get Section 8, Medicaid, food stamps, and all the whole gamut of state support. But, but I mean, would, that's just not me. Would you would you agree or disagree that that is a form of a trap? I mean, it is helpful to some that do need it, but if you, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, you offer free money to somebody, and a lot of people they're not mentally strong enough to turn that down. Mm-hmm. Do you think it? Do you look at it as a form of a trap? Even though it is it's, help, but is it a form of a trap for people? It's absolutely when it gets a stuck trap. In that system? It's absolutely a trap because nobody wants to work anymore. Everybody wants to make it everybody you know wants to live this quote-unquote american dream whatever that means um but nobody wants to work for it anymore i don't know what happened between like my grandfather's generation and this generation the work ethic is just totally lost and i mean i think a large percentage of that can be blamed on the welfare system i mean if you give somebody a crutch and like gn say you don't provide the education then they're going to continue to limp and they're never going to want to walk straight. They're never going to want to do anything. I know people that are my age, I'm almost 30, my mm-hmm. age, that are trying to figure out how they can, you know, doctor shop to the point of being able to get on disability because that's what their mother did and that's what their father is doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's stupid and it's absurd and it just it makes my blood boil because hey, I, don't I, mind, I don't mind helping anybody. Can I ask you a question? Yes, can I ask you a question? Um, mm-hmm. what, what state do you live in? Mississippi. In Mississippi, I, I don't know about Mississippi, but in Georgia, the the way that the welfare system is set up now, just like you said, if you go sign up for child support, if I do not tell who my the father of my child is, oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. can't get any assistance. And That's they tack every check, everything that they pay to me, they tack it on to a bill to him. So whenever they do find him, that's a way to lock our men up. And yes. Tax this bill on them, and all of a sudden they owe this debt wow. that they can never yeah. pay back. And right. and I just it, it's just a the system is so broken. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, you know I I think I hope I just hope you agree with me that I think welfare is needed, but it needs to be you you get it, you get help, you pull yourself mm-hmm. up, and you get yes. off of it, and then mm-hmm. set now, money up for some people that to be, need um, it. And needs that's to be all a timeline. Yeah. There needs to be a much stricter timeline, and there needs to be, you know, how, if you think about, and I mean, I don't know this personally, but just watching 
movie sh- television and movies or whatever, when the welfare, quote, unquote, welfare lady came to your house, you know, you had to make sure everything was in order and everything was the way it had to be. You don't have welfare workers coming to your house anymore. I mean, if you have a social worker that has custody of your kids, then she might check in once a month. You know what I mean? So that whole system of checking and balance, that's gone, and it, it needs to come back. And the people that go in and sign up for stuff, they need to know exactly what their timeline is. This is how much money you're going to receive over this amount of months. And at the end, we're done with the financial assistance. If you need anything else, then, you know, we can provide the resources and, you know, connect you to the right department, you know, blase, blase, whatever. But all of this to no end and passing it down to my son and his son and his son, that's for the bird. And that really needs to quit. We thank you for your call. We thank you for your call. If you want to comment again, uh, you can press that number one, and we'll get back with you. All right, y'all have a good day. Two. There was a project in um, Atlanta, and the owner of these projects, I was so proud of him. He he came in and he said, everyone that has been here for more than ten years has to leave, because he was like, why are you still here? This is a stepping stone. You should have been gone on to bigger and better things. Yeah. I agree. And, and you know what, though, Jen, just like, just like the caller was saying, you know, so many people, if they were taught, like you were saying also, if they were taught how to, after a certain period of time, you know, I, I got to be able to get up off of this. I got to be able to That's right. live and take care of my family. That's right. Just like even from a, a, a biblical standpoint, like they say, teach a man to fish, you can feed him for life. But if you feed him, he going to always follow you and come back to you. And that's the that's mentality right. that a lot of people have nowadays. Mm-hmm. Go now that now that 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 particular you know comment that you just made, G, and what the caller was just talking about, leads to that second question as far as children having children to receive benefits. Now the mentality that they grew up in, if they grew up in a household where their mother and their aunt and you know their grandmother have always received it, and you know they've always lived on and lived on, they're going to continue that potentially, unless there is a change in there. From where maybe the grandmother or the mother was trying to make sure that their children, you know, uh, didn't go the same route as far as getting a job, being able to um, go to college and pursue something in which they can come back and help their family get off the system. Now, uh, with that being said, how is it that, you know, how is that particular part of the system affecting that thought process, you know, as far as these children? In you know lower income area or 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 just in in the general population, you know you see them like that, they thinking that okay, well, on this particular day we finna get fifteen hundred foods, then we finna go to the grocery store and buy everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have that I, I same. Think that, uh, well, I, I think that we have to start admitting to ourselves that I don't care if they're fifteen or sixteen, they are still children. I have witnessed with my own eyes adults that allow kids to lay in their house and have kids, and they can't wait till they have kids because that's an additional check in the house. And and it's a mentality of a family where we have to change ourselves as a people. I don't know where we lost the theme of I want you to be better than me because a lot of families was like, oh, you know, she's pregnant. Let's go sign her up for welfare. Let's go get a check. And it just, you know, they're excited about it where we should have a theme, an ongoing theme in every single family I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be better than me. And and I think that so many families have lost that. If their children having children, where are the adults? 
where is it? Because they have to have an adult supervision to sign up for these checks, um, letting children get apartments at 17 and 18 years old, which is ridiculous, which yep. sets them up for another failure to continue to have um, more children and more children where they're not mentally ready to, right. to be an adult and expect them to is, is ridiculous. We need to start right. being adults and taking back I'll give you a real-time example of this. Just yesterday, I'm in Southwest Atlanta at a birthday party. The lady who was staying next door to the people that we were going into the birthday party for, they said she was around 42. She had seven kids. All of them lived in this apartment. These are two- and three-bedroom apartments. All of them live in the apartments. Four of them are girls. Every last one of them were either currently, with the exception of the nine-year-old, they were either currently pregnant or had just had a baby. Every last one of them. And where were parents when they were laying up having babies? Man, like they say, babies having babies. And, right. and the thing, the thing about it too, also, and I, I, I sometimes wonder this. I, I sometimes think, I, I, I want to work too hard on people, but at the same time, I know we definitely got to have tough love because I listen to sometimes I listen to a lot of pundits, pundits and, and politicians talk about how welfare mothers and all this other stuff. You know, they just reel down hard on them, and I, like I said, I've been through that myself. But like you said, Jen, it got to come to a point where we got to stop. Like y'all saying, we got to stop. We got to stop these people from continuing having babies. We got to stop having these people continuing sitting up here not having pride in oneself. You know what I'm saying? It seems like, where's the pride? And, well, and, and a lot so of why, times, let's not pretend like that. that they're getting all this money. So one, one at a time, y'all. One at a time, I'm going to get both of y'all. One at a time. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. No, I was just saying, if that's the case, if everybody believes this, then why do we come down so hard on Bill Cosby when he says these things? Like, I people don't. get hands down pissed off at Bill Cosby when he says these exact same things, but we know it's that the stuff that needs to happen. You know what? If anybody out there would like to get into this conversation, the phone lines are open. The number is 718, if you listen on the web, it's 718. 718- Five zero eight nine nine seven two. The phone lines are open, but I agree with you, Nick. A lot of people do come down on Bill. Bill do say some left-handed stuff, and then Bill say some right stuff. You know right. what I mean? It just, right. it just it all depends right. on how you come across. Some things need to be said in its own place, and uh, we do have the, another caller. Like, with, we do with have Bill another caller. Oh, okay. All right, uh, caller four zero two nine seven two. You're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Uh, greetings, family. How are y'all? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, it's good, good, good. This is Black Man 37. Hey, what's up, man? And, uh, what's going on, man? Um, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm still learning. Still learning. Still trying to do better. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, the only, uh, one of the, I guess I, I'm one of the few that can say the reason why I would probably be upset with Bill Cosby is because he's in a position to construct an infrastructure for African Americans or those who are descendants of African slaves here in America. Yeah. If we had... If not if, what we need to do, I believe, which is difficult, is to lay down an infrastructure for ourselves. That way we wouldn't have to go through someone else's system in order to survive. True. That's, one of the, that's the biggest problem. That's one of the four biggest problems we have. We have no infrastructure. None. Not one. We go through somebody else's infrastructure. No wonder we're failing. Mm-hmm. When you go, you don't have self-pride if you have to go beg someone else like Lazarus. They get for crumbs from someone else's table when we should have had our own. We got millionaires and we got billionaires. 
There's no excuse. And no, they're crumbs. Not one. And they're crumbs. They're not even. There's not even a whole piece of bread. They're crumbs. And we're satisfied with that. It's sad. Yeah, we're satisfied with it. You know, but when you hate yourself, you destroy yourself. And you'll sit back and become lax. Because what the hell do I need to work for? Excuse my yeah. French. What do I need to work for? Exactly. Why do I need to go out here and hustle when I can That's just right. lay down and receive and beg for somebody else when we don't have our own? Therefore, if we had our own infrastructure, we could help teach our own children. We could help create our own jobs. We could educate ourselves, and we can better. Now, note, mind you, when I'm saying this, I'm not saying it to detriment of anybody else, right. any else else's culture. However, if we had our own infrastructure, we wouldn't have to worry about all a lot of the mental, psychological, I mean, the psychological problems and the physical problems that we have because we would be able to take care of ourselves. Right. That's all I'm saying. You know what? See, and I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you with the infrastructure. It's just the, it, to me, it's just the, 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 just putting it together, getting the people to come together. Because you know we have yes, so much of a crab in a barrel mentality in certain parts, not all, certain parts right. of our community where uh, we, and then also we have the I got mine. You know what right. I mean? We got the whole I got mine. So when we got those two elements in our community. And we got people like ourselves. We may not have the whole financial means to do it, but we definitely can get out here and do our part. How can we get people to get beyond those two little aspects to get to the point where you teach people, okay, this is how you fish. You know what I'm saying? This is how you live. And this is how we're going to grow our community, our villages, our homes. And we won't, like I said, we won't have to step outside of that to anybody else. We're the only well, people in the world that's sitting mm-hmm. like that right now. Right. Right. Well, the only way it's going to get done is there's going to have to be a, those who are like-minded going to have to get together, not talk, not sit here and brag whose knowledge is best because we got that going on in our community oh, too. Oh yes. We need to damn it. We need to get those people who are like-minded that's going to do it and let's do it. Now it's going to it's not going to be easy because, like you said, there we are so divided. But those who want to build it, we need to go ahead and do it today. And that's oh, yeah. where we're having a lot of problems finding all the like-minded people to go ahead and do this. And it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But that needs to be done. If not, when the system finally crashes, because it's crashing, believe it or not. I watch Bloomberg television. It ain't uh-huh. getting better. So if y'all don't do it today, you're going to be forced to do it. Yeah. Not my words. Yeah. You're going to be forced to do it. So I agree with you. That's all I need to say. brother words. That's all I need to say to the family. I, I, I'm really uh, help. Yeah, got to do something. We got to do it today. Uh, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. God bless and take care. Hey man, thank you very much, man. Appreciate that that input right there, man. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Y'all have a good All right, caller. Uh, we have oh, another caller coming in right here. Oh, yeah, caller eight four three two seven six. Thank you for holding. You're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Let's see, Smitty, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Smitty? Uh, hey there. Man, another another day, man. Another another hot day in Phoenix, man. Uh, <laughs> listen to what y'all saying. Uh, just a saying here. First things first. Phil Cosby was right. That black people want to hate, he was right. Because let's be honest here. Black people have all the access. No one's being blocked from education. But they're not taking it. They're not taking advantage of True. Because mine, I grew up in Alabama. Well, you know, I'm from Montgomery, harder segregation, harder all that stuff. Yeah. The thing is, those folks there, black folks there, have the stuff the white kids made, but they still got an education. Let's be real. You don't need a 2.0 to go to many colleges, both colleges. 
That's and true. He, 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 he got 47% of black boys drop out only graduating high school. You can lay the money out. You can have all the so-called programs all you want, which has already been out there. But if the folks ain't raising their kids and ain't showing their kids care and saying fair on options, it's not going to work. And the thing is, Bill Cosby, he also tried to buy NBC 20 years ago. Well, let's be real. You know why he blocked that. Because remember on his, remember on Different World, look how Different World that show was made. Man, that yeah, changed the whole population of kids, man. That changed yeah. the mentality of a lot of people. That's right. And that show, made, right. and that show made that show made Jada Pinkett a star. Uh, and it made a lot of black kids want to go to college. Yeah, but you know what? But you know what, Jen? Honestly, and it did a lot more than that because it gave so much money. A lot of people don't realize that Tuskegee University was a whole school. Whenever they did the screenshots of the campus of Hillman, that was Tuskegee University, and they put so much money back into the school for using it for the set to be the backdrop of that show. There was a lot that went into that. As a matter of fact, Bill Cosby's uh, foundation has done more for child illiteracy in this country than almost any other single foundation. But we don't focus on that. We want to know, ooh, they said Bill Cosby was sleeping with one of his castmates. It's out there. Hell, I was was a part of Hurricane Katrina. Do you know how many people that could have gone back to school for free and they didn't? Yep, that's true. It's not out there. It's out there. People just aren't taking it. Because they don't have this mentality of what I think other races, and, and I'm talking about African Americans now, like other races outside of us have this mentality where they pass on to their children, I want you to be more than what I am. I'm, I'm putting you in a position to, to carry on the legacy of our family and to be more. We don't have that. Not widespread. We, we don't have question. that. I got a question. Go ahead, how, can have, how, can, how can you bring a, uh, have a legacy everybody in a house that different last name and different day? <laughs> ain't, no wow. legacy, ain't no legacy because the, the legacy starts from the ground up. And the, true. In our community, it's like let's look at ants and bees for example. Those bees, and those ants will die to protect the kids. Our community, we don't give a damn about the kids. Now, obviously, if you got forty-seven percent of black boys graduating from high school, or even two and so my thing is, how can you care? They don't care about the future of the kids. It's about right now. And my thing is, I'll be quick with y'all on this one. I'll be real. You can't save everybody. Yeah, I'm true. tired of black folks trying to save yeah. everybody. Hey, because the thing is, it's all about choice. They love saying, well, we got to have our own school. Well, Detroit's a black city. What the hell are they doing? Nothing. <laughs> they got black politicians and everything. They got a brother in Chicago runs urban prep all black boys school. Every boy that's gone to that school is graduated and yeah. gone on to college. And that's most likely that's on his dollar probably. So that stuff is out there, but you gotta have you gotta it's all circumstance. Because at the end of the day, it's a want to, it's a want. And and also these boys are getting all the. I look at the these kids, the ones that are acting crazy. They're getting all the adulation. The ones that are doing the right thing, like Bill Cosby. You want to talk about what well, Bill? He got all this money doing this. Just looking down. Hell, Bill Cosby was born in the thirty. He had a rough trying to make it. So people, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, rough than any of these so-called thugs on these streets out here today. It made it. Yeah, most definitely. It made it, and he was really getting blocked. Ain't nobody blocking you for going to school. Ain't nobody. Hey, George Wallace ain't standing in front of University of Alabama telling Vivian Malone she can't come here. No one's throwing catch it like that. Ernest Green hit in the nineties, uh, Central Arkansas. No, so, if y'all ask, go on Facebook. Make hey, 
But in your iPad, you can go over, click, and read something and learn. But that's all on your folks. And that's your, because a lot of these parents, failure is an option in our community. It's not anywhere else. Because I don't care what they say about the money's in the school. The money's in the school and programs. But how can you have a good, how can you have a good learning environment if you have a crash product coming in? The money is coming in. That's right. No, that's right. Good comment. Good hey, comment. man, appreciate your call there, T. Smitty, man. You're welcome anytime you want to to come on the show and drop that knowledge. Man, appreciate no problem. Thanks, guys. Man, I got, I got to do my homework now, man. You want to call in and uh, check in with you guys. Man, thank you, man. I appreciate thank you, it, man. man. Hey, all right, uh, no problem. Man, T. Smitty would just drop us some jewels right there. If y'all wasn't paying attention to that brother right there, please go back and listen to this show because uh, you might need to hear that again. That's a rewind. Moment right there. Right there. Why? Well, um, let's, everybody that's out there on the internet right now, we appreciate you for listening to us this week. We're still on right now. What we're going to do right quick, we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, right after this break, we're going to continue this conversation because uh, I know some other people would love to get in. The phone number is 718-508-9972. And uh, our next song right here somewhat goes with what Don was just, I mean, um, Teach minute we're just talking about. Yeah. We live it like we bulletproof. Like it ain't nothing out there that can harm us. You better get right. the education right. It's our man Raheem Devine. Blog Talk Radio. It's the middle man.
take it from them. Sass it like rats to teeth. So Lord, help me please. Cause I'd rather die on my feet than to live on my knees. Living like I'm bulletproof. Cocking a Glock and name is Zeus. My future's ever clear. 180 proof. So I open the bottle to swallow my pride and drink the pain away. I take shots and just lay up, then fade away. Dreaming a better day. Dreaming a better pay. But we got our work cut out for us, so we better pray. Pray to uphold the weak, not for eternal sleep. But if I die, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And that was Raheem the Five, man. We got <laughs> yeah. Y'all gotta excuse us, man. Nick and Kevin are hilarious. Uh if you're just not tuning in to the middleman show, we are talking about welfare, the welfare system. Is it helping us or is it hurting us? Now some of the things which we discussed in the first half of the show, um of course the biggest the biggest question of all is welfare helping us or hurting us. We also discussed why do some people take advantage of the system for personal gains such as having more children to receive more benefits and also selling the less of food stamp money. Now, we also talked about, you know, in the welfare system affecting the thought process of children having children in order to receive more benefits. Now, uh, Jim brought up a good uh, part of this particular uh, show throughout the session as far as should they follow the same model that Florida is following that requires all applicants to be drug screened. Now, that's a question which we're also going to uh, discuss. We also want to talk about should they be some type of program that A, people who are on welfare, to help them find a job to eventually get them off of welfare. We touched on that a little bit, a little bit, but we want to see if there's something in which, you know, that could be put in place, which I think it can be put in place to help people get jobs, help them get off of welfare. Now, you know, some people may not have the educational background, but we do have, you know, all other types of trade schools and you know, schools of that nature that people can also get into to help them find a better job. So, you know, you can actually create a plan. You know, like Jim, Jim was saying, we need to get more counselors in there, and those counselors need to sit down and work on the strengths and weaknesses of these people, you know, who are on, you know, welfare to see what their, their strengths are and to see what their weaknesses are. So they can actually, you know, point into a direction in which they could potentially find something that they could potentially have, you know, some type of uh, growth in order to find a job. You know, some people don't have, you know, uh, knowledge about, you know, their their strengths and weaknesses. You know, it, it takes somebody else to help them find those things and, and look at it sometimes. But creating a program to help them get off welfare, I think it can happen. Do I yeah. think the government, you know, will find something like that? I don't know. They fund everything else, but it, I don't know. Using the money that they already use in a more effective way, they waste billions of dollars every year on ineffective programs, um, things right. that they know haven't worked in the last, you know, 20 years. Get rid of that and put in some effective programs to really help people. Mm-hmm. But they, but I think it's like the caller said before, they don't want to do that because there's a, there is a monetary investment in, yep. in keeping the poor yep. poorer and the rich richer. It, to That's keep right. a permanent underclass of, of people is an investment to them. We need to have our own systems, our own counselors, our own leaders in the community go out and, and help these people and say, stop taking theirs, let's make you a plan, let's do this. 
I agree, Jan. We have a caller uh, that want to get in that conversation. Uh, caller 601-850, you're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Hey, look, stranger. Stranger, man, I've been busy, brother. I've been busy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We, we've read some of your writings. We know. Oh, yeah. But, hey, this is a great topic. I'm glad that you all are picking this topic. Uh, I want to piggyback off of something that the caller said earlier and Jen was uh, highlighting. But, uh, I think what people need to understand is that the way capitalism is structured is that it is structured off of people being poor. Uh-huh. It is because oh, yeah. there is, it, poverty is a billion-dollar industry. And I'll give you a perfect example. How many of you all remember when uh, Reagan came out and he was running for re-election and he used the whole welfare queen uh, analogous to whip up racist sentiment among the Republican oh, yes. voters to get them to go mm-hmm. out and vote? And he actually sort of mm-hmm. intimated that he was going to eliminate programs like food stamps. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But, but, but if you notice, he never did. Do you want to know why? Because he would have, uh, like Jen said, all the other things they, that are tacked on to it, they could have been money. And the multinational agribusiness corporations like A&P, uh, Kroger, etc., make the majority of their money off of uh, food stamps. Okay? I have a friend who owned a newspaper in Vicksburg called The New Times. They actually did a, uh, a survey to find out how much money came through the city of Vicksburg via so-called entitlement programs, and they came out to be, in, in a small town like Vicksburg, $9 million a month. Wow. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by 12, and you see how much money is going on. Wow. Now, don't listen, understand me. There are, I am all for programs that help people who need help. I'm all for that. But we also have to understand these programs are not designed for people to get on them, give them a helping hand, and then them get off. For instance, we all know about the working poor that take place in this country. For years, if you were on welfare, you weren't allowed to get a, a job, even though welfare wasn't enough to sustain you uh, properly in um, day-to-day life. That's true. People yep. people who are on food stamps will testify that those stamps, if used wisely, will last you literally maybe between maybe a couple of days. There's about a week period. Most people I know who are on food stamps, and trust me, I know about this because I was on them at one point in time. There's about a week period when you don't really, if you might not have a whole lot of food and you don't have anything going on. They're designed that way. And that's even if you are the most careful shopper. So it's not like, you know, people who are on these things are sitting around celebrating and having a whole lot of good time and going out and barbecuing and throwing parties because you can't afford to do that if you're on those things. But, child, okay? I have seen instances where you get to the, the, the little line to take your food up there. These old got like four baskets full of food. 
You know, yeah, I remember one time you, before they stopped it, right, people were buying but, beer. I all mean, right, now listen, but in, in, in fairness to them, do you know how many children they have? Oh, man, they had a gang of them now. Well, I mean, I mean, look, I got five. I got five, okay? <laughs> I can tell you a full basket's full of food, especially if you got teenage boys. Oh, yeah, ain't gonna We'll go fast. We'll go fast, okay? Now, mind you, I'm not saying that there aren't people out there abusing the system. There probably are. But overall, the way this economy is structured right now, for you to take away these people's safety, anybody's safety net, you're going to have a whole lot of problems socially, economically, uh, and even in terms of stability, of uh, social stability. You're going to have that. I think Jen is right in the sense that the way the system is set up now is not set up to help people get on their own. It's set up to perpetuate them staying on that system. But when you look at how it's built, mm-hmm. You know, AT and not AT and T, but A uh, and P doesn't want to see food stamps get taken away. Uh, uh, the, the 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 city trends don't want to see uh, age dependent children and uh, all of those things taken away because those are the people they're preying upon to get that money. And and Charlie, the have money, you have the, you ever seen um, Michael Moore's documentary um, Bowling for Columbine? Yes, I have. I've seen all and, of these documentaries. And I, I love in that particular documentary where where they go to, um, I think it was a town in Michigan, where this little boy had killed this little girl in his school. And they talk about the source of it, where how his mother was on this welfare-to-work program working for a, a mall. Workfare. Like it's called like, Workfare. Yeah, we're working at, at a work. mall making like, you know, five fifty and like, Back then, it was like five fifty an hour, you know, leaving her her child alone and um, to to pay back the state for this welfare program, and her kid took a gun to school and killed someone else. But no one wanted was interested really in looking at the source of whose fault it was was really the system. You know, she's a mother; she's well, supposed to be there. You're supposed to have give her real assistance. But well, you have people like Dick Clark making billions of dollars off this mall that she's working at. Yep. But see, the thing is, the one thing that you have to understand about, the, and particularly the Republican Party, but capitalists in general, but the Republican Party, which are extremely pro-capitalist, extremely laissez-faire capitalism, they like to blame the victims. Yep. Okay? They like to do that. Okay? The economic inequality that is taking place in this country, the, in order for people to be extremely wealthy, there has to be someone extremely poor. I mean that's just the way. I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this to be you know morbid. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean uh, that's the way the economy oh, is designed. You're right. That's the way it's designed, but it doesn't have to be this way. You see no, what I'm don't. saying? When the when, when the war on poverty, we have to go back to somebody named Patrick Monahan because the, the welfare system, the way it is designed today. He laid the intellectual groundwork for it. If you read a book called The Monaghan Report. Yeah, I remember that. About, yeah. Specifically about the matriarch. I mean, we're going to go back to welfare. We talked about black people have a matriarchal society. So one of the things that they did was they designed the welfare system to make sure that the male could not be in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay, how yeah. many of you all saw the movie Claudine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And 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 you know how uh, James Earl Jones uh, was trying to marry Claudine. He had a job, but his job wasn't going to cover everything that they had. Plus, he was on he was taking doing child support, so they needed that assistance to flow them through. But the system would would cut them off. So they made a decision, and a lot of decisions were made. Uh, like that in the black community. Hey, I'm, well, we can't get married. You're going to have to leave the house. And the welfare worker comes and da-da-da. So if you're wondering why, you know, we having a lot of single-parent households uh, in the black community, there's one reason. It may not be the sole reason, but it certainly was a contributing factor. Right. Right. So okay. I remember, I was going to say, y'all, I remember a time I had a friend, I ain't going to say his name, but, uh, I guess they had that type of situation going on because it seemed like every month he had to run and get all his clothes out the closet, put them in the car, drive around to this particular other person's house. You know, he had to clear any remnants of him being in that house. And, you know what I'm saying, that's how they had to live each month. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and imagine, I mean, there to a point where uh, welfare workers would actually come to the house, go throughout the house, looking for evidence of a male being there. At one point in time, you couldn't even have a telephone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't yep. even have a telephone. If you had, you had a telephone, the telephone was luxury, or what they considered oh, well, luxury. luxury. You couldn't own a car. Yeah. You couldn't, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. You couldn't own, you definitely couldn't own a home. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a situation where we have to figure out how to reform the system where it still gives assistance to people who desperately need it, yet at the same time, it eventually creates a situation where they can go on to be self-sufficient. Now, in order for that to happen right now, we're going to have to understand the job jobless rate in this country is astronomical. I think it's over 9%. Mm-hmm. Okay, wages in this com- country are not livable. No, way. they I mean, keep so dropping them. Every time they, you look around, they're dropping wages all the way across the board. People in car factories are not even and, making and all, of this, all of this intersects because right now, we're, while we're talking about welfare for poor people, nobody's even thought of corporate welfare. Oh, yeah, the, the, the bailouts Nobody and everything else. about bailouts. I mean, what do you think the tax breaks for the rich are? It's welfare. <laughs> That's true. They're not paying their fair share of... of, 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 of uh, of taxes to help sustain the system. But see, the biggest thing about it is, Charlie, you know, like, like Jim was saying earlier, it is designed to keep the poor poor. And, and and I'm looking at a lot of people that are some quote-unquote losing their pride and getting stamps nowadays. You know, they, they at one time had money, but like you said, with the jobless rate and the, the scenario of how the country is going in the way, like even with Black Man 37 was saying, people, please take heed. This economy is falling. So you better get yourself ready for this hard road that's about to come. Oh yeah, it's it's far, and, and what's going on is here's what's going on. In terms of the government, like right now they're playing chicken because they want Obama and the Democrats to cut the and notice they're calling them entitlement programs and listen to the psychology of the term entitlement. Mm-hmm. Because what does the term entitlement mean to you? What does it connotate to someone? If, pardon? It means that you think that you, that you're owed something. That you, you think, think that you're, you're owed something, something. exactly. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in rugged in, in America, which is built upon rugged individualism, if you put 
welfare and entitlement together, whenever you say welfare to the majority of white Americans, um, automatically they see a black face, even though numerically there are more white, poor, single, divorced white women on welfare, on age-dependent children, on food stamps, etc., etc., than there are black people. Okay? We know that. You know that. When you talk about entitlement programs, you're also talking about Medicare. The majority of people on Medicare are retirees, and, and the numerically they're more white retirees. You see what I'm saying? But in order to sustain, in order to sustain three wars, in order to sustain the military-industrial complex that is profiting from these wars. In order to make up for all of the money that we pumped into Lehman Brothers and uh, Fannie Mae and, and probably is still pumping into these, these uh, corporations via government contracts, etc. In order to, pump, to, to, to prop up uh, the tax, to make up for the tax cuts that we've given the wealthy who did not reinvest the money into job growth. Job growth. I think job growth was over 2% in this country thanks to these uh, tax cuts to the wealthy. Something has to give, and instead of saying let's cut out, let's 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 let's, let's cut out the let's, let's raise taxes for the rich so they can pay a, a fair share. Let's raise taxes across the board, but let's make sure rich people pay according to their uh, their income. Uh, let's cut out. Uh, let's get rid of one of these wars. We really don't need these wars. How can we get out of these wars so we can reduce that budget? How do we do that? They'd rather go on and cut the most vulnerable citizens that they are, and those are the poor. Yeah. The first one uh, to get cut down. This. Uh, and do, don't fall for this, well, you know, the entitlement programs or you're burdening it, so it's, it's a burden on the American taxpayer. That's what's killing us economically. Whenever you get your income tax on, look at it, and it actually tells you exactly how much welfare programs are Take up of your tax dollar. It's less than a penny. Charlie, you know what? One thing we didn't get into, uh, one of the questions we want to talk about, and everybody else on the phone line that's listening, you can get into it also, uh, press number one, but uh, should should all states follow the model from Florida that now require all applicants to be drug screened? And I think that is a, a way to get into people's home and infringe on their rights. I think it's wrong. You know, I understand they're getting free money from us and they shouldn't be on drugs. Shoot, they can go pass a drug test and still be on something else, doing something else wrong. I don't think they need to be drug tested. I I, I believe that they need to be drug tested, but I don't think that they need, because they're being drug tested, and if they test positive for drugs, I don't think they need to be kicked off off the assistance program. I I think what needs to take place is, okay, you've you've been tested positive for drugs. You have to go to a uh, government-sponsored drug rehabilitation program. You have to show up. You have to do counseling for maybe two years or so. And once, you know, uh, and, then, and, then, and now if you fail not to do this, then we will reconsider your, um, your application. But what if you've got uh, a situation where you've got a mother who's a crackhead and she's smoking up the check, but she's got three children. Do you understand yeah, she what I'm saying? 
needs to be removed from the house. This goes back to exactly what we were talking about earlier. We can't sit here on one hand and say, oh, well, we have to make sure that these people are educated and they have to be able to get off of this hindrance, but you hinder them even more. Because I'm, I'm sorry, a lot of drugs, they may not be the most expensive drugs, but it still takes some type of money to do that. And if you have children in the house and you're spending money on drugs and not feeding your child, then there's that's a problem, and it needs to be addressed. I absolutely believe they need to be randomly drug tested. I do agree with Charlie that they have, they should have to go to take to participate in this program that goes back to the whole checks and balances thing. But there definitely has to be some type of regulation on that. And Charlie, we thank you for your call too, man. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, kind of get ready to wind everything down. We got a couple of minutes left. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into our shutdown mode. Charlie, thank you for that oh, no tuning in this week, man, and that knowledge. Oh, no problem. It was a good show. I, I hated that uh, I was uh, so late in coming in. I, I, I imagine know. you all had a lively debate. I uh, do want to, if I may plug something like this, do you know that I'm uh, doing political commentary on BET.com. Um, so I think I do it every two weeks, but I usually send out links on my Facebook and my Twitter page. But you can go to BET.com and uh, check out my political commentary. And my next one will be, is laissez-faire capitalism failing us? Yes. I got to check that one out. Thank you once again, my brother. All right, no problem. You all have a good one. All right. All right, y'all, hey, man, we had a spirited conversation today. And, uh, I mean, to me, it seems like all of us, we have our goods and our bads, our pros and our cons. When it comes to the welfare system. Um, right. Y'all know if we all had to sum it up, we know some people need it. Some people definitely don't. Hopefully, like the, like Black Man Thirty Seven was saying and T. Smith was saying, we can get these people, you know, people to realize, hey, I don't need this. We need to let this go and, and move on from that. But um, yeah. we're gonna go ahead and get into our talk of the town right quick uh, with our man Nick Eaton. Hey y'all, y'all, I'm over here. Somebody bring me some tea over here. I'm losing my voice over here. What the hell? Going on? <laughs> Just need to do that. <laughs> oh man, somebody bring me some tea. Yeah, I'm losing my voice. Need to hurry up. The lightning is gonna kill us all. All right, all right. This is talking to town. With I'm and Nikki. You ready? Hey, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Didn't you hear me say I'm ready? Quit messing with the buttons, man. I'm ready. See people time, man. See people time. I'm just saying, son. Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, here we go. Nicky, Talk of the Town. Blog Talk Radio, it's the middleman. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the Talk of the Town. Rihanna falls during concert. On a leg of her loud tour with CeeLo Green, fans saw Rihanna fall on stage, and it was all caught on video by a fan. The mishap happened when Rihanna was performing her hit single, What's My Name, with a group of backup dancers. She strutted across the stage in a pair of stiletto boots, but when she turned back around towards her dancers, she dramatically fell forward. It could have been worse, but luckily she managed to catch herself before falling flat. I was falling, and I can't get up. Ron Artest. Ugh, idiot. L.A. Lakers' Ron Artest has decided to follow in the footsteps of many other professional successful athletes of the past and changed his name. As Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali and Chad Johnson became Chad Ochocinco, Ron has filed a petition at the Los Angeles Superior Court to have his name legally changed to Meta World Peace. According to reports, Meta means loving, kindness, happiness, and Ron is currently looking to have peace 
placed on the back of his jersey in time for the upcoming season. Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, God damn it, this is a free country. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. This is your man, Nick Eden, and this is the talk of the town. What's well, something wrong with you? Chad O'Hoflinko. <laughs> Why is something wrong with me? He just said yeah. he's going to change his name to Middle World Peace. I know, Middle man. World he's Peace. special. He has a uh, drink. Yes, he does. But you know what, too, man? Let me let me break this down to y'all. I just hate... I, when you said Rihanna caught herself before she fell, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you were saying her forehead caught herself. Oh, she, no. Man, get out. No, man. <laughs> Wherever you at, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Cause that girl forehead is so big. I know when she 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 can't go face first. She gonna go forehead. Her head is big in her body. I'm just saying, yeah. man. That's why she always I bet she got to look into the wall at night. Yeah, man, so wrong. she got to plug her head into the wall at night. Man, yeah, I guarantee so you. I guarantee you, she can hear herself think and with echoes. Nah, 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 nah. What's the name, name, name? Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> she can't remember her name because it's in the back of her brain. Hell, yeah, she can't reach it. Right. Man, that girl got a, a big old bunion in it. <laughs> hey, Rihanna look like the little alien of the alien movie, man. Yeah, she do. But the, the, the back part of the alien head is in the front. That's her yeah, you talking about like uh, Mars Attacks? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Of the alien movie, like the actual alien movie. She kind of like an oblong. Y'all remember that show, The Oblong? Ah, <laughs> uh, you wrong for that. <laughs> I thought here. I was wrong for the alien, but you really wrong for that. Yeah. Hey, y'all, but check this out, man. To everybody that's listening on the internet, and everybody that dipped off on us and went to the BET Awards watching that mess, make sure y'all tune in next week to another exciting show, The Middleman Talk Show. We do appreciate everybody for taking this, as you would say, Al. Say it, Al. One hour out your day. To listen to the Middleman Talk Show. Thank you. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend and add us on Facebook, wherever you or however you can find us. I know all the Twitters. I only tweet yep. uh, what y'all said once a year. So, you know, Mal. That was all good with me. Yeah, make sure y'all tune in and talk, talk of the town on Thursday night with Nick Eden at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. We will be doing the BET Awards recap. Uh-oh. And trust me, just know that there's going to be a whole lot of talk about Soul Glow. Uh-oh. Ooh. All I can say. Going down. The middle men shouted, beat Chris shouted. Now nah, I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for, so take a listen time out. Take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, yeah. Comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a will to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man because he was dying to wreck shop. Every Sunday, tune in. Go live 6 p.m. Blog Talk Radio.com. The middle me. Hey. What's happening in the middle man? Hey, what's happening in the middle man? Hey, what's happening? BlogTalkRadio.com, the middle man.